Hey, you guys. It's Nick from the Nick and Buck Show. Um, Buck is not here right now, but we're waiting for him. He should be here soon. Working duty calls when you're a busy person. So, hey to everybody out there. Thanks for tuning in again for our third Monday. <clears throat> Today, we are talking about business. Not just any businesses, but our businesses. Minority-owned business. Black-owned minority. However you want to call it. Um, since the pandemic has started, we know that a lot of people have has opened up businesses. Um, some people had businesses before. And the sad truth about the pandemic, it did stop a lot of people's business. Um, some people were not able to survive. Um, some people were able to thrive and some people were, were able to excel um, through it, through it all. Um, I know when a couple of people closed their businesses down, um, I went to help some people pack up to actually move out of the business space. And I actually went to buy some of the things that the people had that were in business that was trying to recoup some of the money they had spent. Um, you know, it was <clears throat> crazy because a lot of people that were there were excited about getting a bargain. Um, I was kind of disappointed to see that the people's business, you know, was closing. Um, however, you know, we definitely try to um, support people um, when things, we should definitely try to support people when things are good and when things are not so good because that's when they really need us the most, right? So did you guys know that um, due to like the census, have as much information that the census could, could get, um, 2021, that is an awful lot. Two million, if you really think about it, that's that's like maybe like the whole New York City. <laughs> New York has a lot of people in it, but two million black owned businesses has has arrived. And in 2020, it was only 124,000. If you round it up, 551,000. So yeah, 124,551,000 5, businesses that was open. So you figure between a year. People got on the computer because <laughs> you couldn't go to your state office building. And they got those LLCs, they got those EINs, they got those sole proprietorships. Two million. I think that if you're not a business owner and you know one, you should just congratulate them just on the main fact that they tried to do, they're trying to do something different. Um, when people talk about Black-owned businesses, a lot of people tend to think that we're talking about them in the capacity of um, putting down people who work a nine to five. That's not true. That could be further, the furthest from the truth ever. <clears throat> people are getting working nine to five because I'm, I was one of them. <laughs> you know, that's a special type of person. We're willing to trade our time for pay. And a lot of times um, the pay is not uh, even equivalent to what we're bringing to the job for that day. Um, no way, shape, or form. However, that's how it's been since the beginning of time. Does anybody know what minimum wage is right now? 
Um, I'm not even sure, but I know it's not $15 in Baltimore, Maryland. It's not. No, it's not $15 in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, in 1988, minimum wage was $4.35. <clears throat> okay. My station manager told me that $11.75 is the minimum wage right now. So for an hour of your time, you get $11.75. Then that, that adds up to a lot when you work eight hours and you work five, six, seven days a week. But at the end of one hour, <clears throat> just imagine somebody got you doing something really strenuous for an hour and they come to you, give you a $10 bill, a one and three quarters. Here you go. Bang, thanks. You got seven more days to go. I'm not saying all this belittling on people that works because I may be working a job again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you is before you knock the entrepreneur, think about that $11.75 per hour. That's all I want you to think about. The conversation between um, workers and business owners, you know, because we have some workers that I have a friend, she makes $75,000 a year. Um, she just sits in front of a computer. I have another friend that makes about 110. She sits in front of a computer. She might go to the uh, office every now and then, maybe once a month, if that, and she makes good money. You're making money like that, and that's something different, right? Or is it? So you make money like that. Most of those people, you say, Ben, it's just went up to that in LA. Okay, yeah. We just had a Bania thing. Bania said it just went up to that in LA. So up to $15 an hour in LA <clears throat> last year. Last year. So I don't know if this, you know, California, yeah, we know that the cost of living there is probably really high and it's way bigger than, than Maryland. But I'm thinking it's just no matter where you live, we should be able to live off a decent wage. And that's the reason that most people open up a business. Most people open up a business because they want to provide a better life. They want to create, um, you know, uh, wealth, generational wealth for their family. Um, they want to do something. They want to live their dream. They want to do something different, you know. And <clears throat> I just think that, you know, as consumers, you know, being an entrepreneur and a consumer, because I try to support as many minority-owned businesses that I possibly can that give good customer service. Um, we should thrive every day to make that our goal, to keep the money <clears throat> in a community where it's going to be put to good use. Um, I'm not saying that I don't support other businesses because I do. I like great customer service. So I don't care if you're white, black, green, or purple. I'm going to support you, but I'm just going to probably support my own first. I'm just saying. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we talk about business and um, customer service. And, you know, I see a lot of people on social media actually when they go to a black owned business and it breaks my heart. I'm sorry, this song I'm trying to get it together <laughs> and my arms hurting. Um, when you go, when I go on social media, I see a lot of people, they're so quick to blast a, a business. They're so quick to blast a, a minority-owned business. Um, I'm through with Black-owned businesses. I just throw the whole business in the trash. All kind of things I have seen and heard. And honestly, it, it's, it's, it's sickening. It, I hate to see it. But at the same time, people deserve to feel the way that they feel. People deserve to feel the way they feel, right? So with that being said, 
as consumers, other than blasting a Black-owned business on social media, what are some other things that you, you know, that we can actually do to actually help the business? Because the thing is, people, I, I tell people, confrontation doesn't always have to be a bad thing, right? It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. So, <laughs> so when we when we talk about it, how about we go to the the business owner? Hey, I went to this restaurant. It was like, oh, the food was terrible. Um, I never, no, I had to say, I never been, um, I never been a to a black owned restaurant. And the food was terrible. I cannot say that, but I had been to a black owned restaurant, and the service was. So, how about this? Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Is the man's room? Hey, I'm going to tell you, your food was excellent. Thank you. However, I believe that the waitress just wasn't quite together on it. You know, like maybe you can train them or something instead of just going to blast them and just say, it's, it's, don't go, don't go. No, you, you could be really ruining somebody's business and all you had to do was just have a conversation. That's all. That's it. Um, <clears throat> I think sometimes we're so more bright about having a, um, something to say and, and, being, and being heard <laughs> than just really trying to, to help a situation. Um, confrontation is not for everyone, but confrontation is not always bad, um, as I stated. Um, the facts about this thing with businesses is that 28% of the Black-owned businesses that are being opened are geared towards healthcare, in social assist in the social assistance sector. So it was like something that we're doing socially. So I'm wondering, you know, and then we know aside from boutiques and hair salons and um, you know, lash extensions, um, you know, um wellness. Um, I think a lot of us aren't really a lot of people aren't really tapping into the the wellness of it. And I'm not talking about like just the TLC products or like the herbal life. Um what I mean wellness like actual wellness, like mental wellness. Um, even though it's healthcare, healthcare, we're really talking about usually the assist, assisted living homes and, you know, nursing agencies and stuff like that, but really getting down to the wellness of it and really getting people help that they need to help them feel better mentally, physically, and spiritually, that is, I don't think that's something that we're tapping into enough of in our community. Um, you know, with uh, I have a boutique business, so of course people say, well, don't you, everybody got a boutique, you know, everybody's selling clothes. Yeah, everybody may be selling clothes. Everybody may have a boutique, but everybody doesn't have great customer service. Everybody don't give you wine when you come in the door. You know, everybody don't have a door for you to come in. When I first started, I did. You know, um, everybody is just different. So <clears throat> if you're out there and you're watching and you want to open up another boutique in Baltimore, Go for it because you may do something or have something that nobody else can provide or nobody else is doing at this time. Um, <clears throat> no matter what business that you want to open, don't ever think that you don't have, it's too many. Don't ever think that it's flooded because when you go into the market, we had this conversation all the time. When you go into the market and you go down the bread aisles, a bunch of breads, Blue Ribbon, Smith's, uh, Potato Bread brand. You know, when you go and, and get canned food, you got rich food, thoroughfare, Del Monte, like it's just so many. So like, don't ever think that it's it's not enough room for you because it's not about who starts. 
It's about who stands and, and who goes through it and who finishes. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> another thing I want to talk about with businesses, um, people that have landscaping businesses, um, people that uh, do like um, home improvement and things of that nature. Um, I see a lot of times that people that have homes or, um, you know, big compounds, uh, a friend of mine is with a big, huge house. So it's like his, his, his landscaping people would have to be there for hours to get things done versus having a, you know, a row home, a nice, modest row home where you would just get like the front lawn done and the back lawn done. You know, <clears throat> hire some of your local people to do those things. You know, you could really, you know, be facilitating, you know, you could, you could really be helping someone to get their dream started. And it's no, if there's nobody in your neighborhood, <clears throat> ask the neighbor's kid, hey, Timmy, I got a lawnmower in the back. We need everybody in this block need their, their grass cut. Come on, why don't you go ahead and take care of it for us? And everybody pitch in and pay him. See, you don't know. You could be starting and molding the mind of a young entrepreneur. Because one thing about it, when kids are teenagers, you know, we know that they're most impressionable when they're, when they're toddlers on up to being about 12 years old. After that, it's like what they've seen, they're, they're testing everything that they've seen and everything that they've seen people do. And everything they've seen, they've heard people say and things they've seen people do. So if you try to take that mentality and twist it around and turn it around to be like, hey, listen, come on, I got a lawnmower, cut, cut these grass, we give you $10 each, it'll definitely change. When the winter time comes, you know, we don't see the kids out shoveling the snow. You know, that could be something that helps, you know, these kids out. I have an entrepreneurship program. And um, in that program, I help to develop kids in their businesses. And one thing that the kids said, <clears throat> all the kids said together, is that they felt the most support from, you know, they get support from their family, you know, but it's like a whole, they live in a whole neighborhood with a bunch of people, you know, and of course the family, they're talking about the in-house family, the people that live in the house with them. So it's like, we have a whole neighborhood that the, the thing um, that we used to say, it takes a village, that hasn't stopped. And that doesn't stop when the kid turns over three or four years old. We have to keep doing that and keep, you know, encouraging these children to to do things and to be somebody that's okay it's okay to encourage them to get a city job too but you know let's let's help to keep their options open and to do that we have to actually tell them that they have options <clears throat> so you know that's that part about it but we got to keep the kids in our mind when it comes to entrepreneurship because we want them to be able one day grow up and do what raise their families to be entrepreneurs, right? I know. <laughs> but <clears throat> my one of my favorite businesses here in Baltimore, locally owned. Um, it's a local, locally owned business and restaurant. I haven't met the owner yet, but I do love <clears throat> the Civil, the Civil on Charles Street. It's one of my favorite places I've been going to lately. Um, Monday nights, I know they have jazz music. They have the best food and lamb chops and their cake. Oh my goodness. They have this like really good butter cake. It tastes like pudding. That's crazy. But you know, I'm a little fat girl, so I love it. And I think you will love it too. So the civil is definitely on Charles Street. And it's one of my favorite places. Um, another place that I want to try <clears throat> is called The Reserve. I've never been here before, but I heard it was owned by Phil from Two Feds. And if you guys remember Phil, um, Phil from Two Feds, he ate the best Genesis parties. 
To me, his parties were the first classiest parties here that we had in Baltimore. And I remember he would always have one around Thanksgiving at um, Martin's West, and that would be the one that I would attend. Um, He has a really nice restaurant. It's in Woodlawn, and it's called The Reserve. Sunday, they have the nicest brunches, and he just had one that was hosted by Deron Peaks um, this past Sunday. So that's a really nice place. Um, from what I've seen, but I haven't been there, so I definitely want to go. That's the place I want to try. Um, if you guys know of any of your favorite Black-owned restaurants, put them um, put them in the comments so we can, you know, let people know because we want people to get out and support these businesses. If we don't know, we can't show. So we definitely want to do that. And a lot of times businesses don't do social media. So let's talk about that. The importance of social media for Black businesses. A lot of people I, I hear say, well, I'm not a social media person. I'm not getting on there. I'm just going to get my customers the best way I can. Well, okay. You can do that. But you're going to be missing out on a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great free advertisement. And the keyword is free free advertisement. Um, if you got a Facebook and you can get on there and put your best memes, you surely can get on there and put what you got on sale. That's all I'm saying. If the people will laugh, eventually they'll laugh with you, they'll shop with you. Um, on Instagram, <clears throat> doing those reels, um, I didn't believe it, but I, I watched this um, video on YouTube and it was the video was actually how to grow your followers on Instagram through Reels. So when I watched it and I seen this young lady, she, you know, she gave us like a, a three-day time span and she started. And then she, when she did her Reels, it was amazing because people really started to, you know, <clears throat> more people follow her and then more people, you know, watch her Reels. So I'm the type of person, I want to put it to the test. So I did. I started doing reels with my one of my models, Gabrielle Johnson. Hey, Gab. Um, with uh, Kiev, uh, the stylist um, from here, Kiev Wilson. Um, he reinvent me by Kiki. Um, and I did some with Shaquille Walker. And I also did some with... Mm, uh, with Lakeisha White from the Resource Networking Firm, Hey Keish. And when I looked at those, I noticed that people, like, first of all, might be a couple hundred. And then it became, like, you know, a thousand or two. And then, like, five and six thousand people are watching these reels. You know, you might not like it and you might not comment, but like I say, your view counts too. So, stalkers welcomers, everybody just keep watching. Don't stop watching. So yeah, like those views, they actually count. So, you know, I was looking, I said, wow, 6,000 views, this is crazy. And then I looked and the people, like as I hashtag, more people will follow me. You want to get out of your comfort zone. You want to get out of the people that's following. It's probably 5,000. No, I'm being exaggerating. It's probably 1,000 people that follow you that don't comment or like or not or don't do anything. You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them and get the people on that's going to actually be active on your page because the other ones are just sitting there taking up space, being nosy. You keep your page public. They can still watch, but, you know, get rid of those people because you really actually want people that's going to look at your page and um, you want them to be active. You want them to like, you want them to comment, you want them to share, you want them to put that 
that um, real in their stories because that's what I'm starting to find people doing. And then your followers will definitely go up. I'm not talking about this for friendship or status quo. This is all for business, all for business. Um, <clears throat> when you do have your business on social media, you know, um, it, it gives people something to look forward to. Um, I've had people say, oh my gosh, I look forward to seeing your reels. They are so, they're so good and, and creative and, and funny because, uh, you know, they say that when you're trying to market your business, you should market yourself a little bit with letting people know a little bit about who you are, but not your personal business. You know, they don't have to know that you and your, your baby father going through something or, you know, that you can't, you know, really cook on Wednesdays because the stove don't work that time of day. Like, you know, that time, that time of the week. No, nothing like that. You want to let them know a little bit about your personality because people, when I notice when people feel like they know you a little bit, they shy with you a lot of it. So, you know, just do that. Um, if you have any other questions and you need help with your business, social media, you can actually contact Lakeisha White on Facebook and her name is the resource networking firm on IG, the resource networking firm on IG. Um, she helps people uh, to revamp. Because a lot of times we have social media pages, but they are not business friendly. Um, so she will help you revamp your business page. She will also help you to, if you don't have a business page, because you shouldn't really be posting your personal stuff on your business page. So she will actually help you to get a whole new page and take care of it. She's really good with that. And amongst other things. So don't forget on Facebook, it's Lakeisha White. And on IG, it's the resource networking firm. Um, yeah, so one of the things I do want to bring up is um, at the new Five Mile House, one of our favorite places in Park Heights, every Tuesday they have ladies' night. They have crabs and oysters, which is um, sponsored by Love for Moms, hosted by Affilion and Mr. C. And um, the crabs and oysters are facilitated by the crew that's down with the peach ladies. So we know the peach ladies, right? So that's every Tuesday at 6. And then we have a vendor featured every Tuesday. Um, I was there for the first Tuesday. It was a lot of fun. Um, last Tuesday was Vashti Blue. This week it is him again, and it's another young lady. I don't have her information. I'm sorry, but if you really want to know, you just have to go and check it out. It's at Town Road, I want to say 5302, Town Road um, in um, 21215 area, code, um, I mean, zip code, and it starts at 6 p.m., the new five-mile five house. Yeah, so we're jumping to the next thing. So the next thing with business is how is it us as people, as business owners can actually create a friendly environment for the employees? So the reason I ask this question is because a lot of Black-owned businesses don't have employees. However, the Black-owned businesses that do I do hear a lot of grievances when it comes down to working for a Black-owned business. Okay, so with that being said, no business is perfect, none. But I do feel like because we are Black people, we, you know, or minority people, we actually, we're a lot harder on our own. Right? Would you agree? I, I kind of think that we are a lot harder on our own. And, you know, it, it's 
it's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's, you know, I'm like, there's something wrong with that. Something really big wrong with that. We're harder on our people, but the thing is why? Are we harder on our own people because we want them to do better? We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there we go. <laughs> We're harder on our people because we want them to do better. We want them to excel. We want them to succeed. Um, but a lot of times, I think it's the way that we may go about it, right? Um, talking to a Black-owned business person about their business, if you see some things that, that aren't really going right or you think that they should do better, it's not what you say. I think it's how we have the conversation. Because if the conversation needs to be had, then that's it's, it's one that should be had. If you're a friend and you have a friend that has a business and their business, you feel like it's not really, they're not really doing what they should do or, you know, really um, kicking the business off the way it should, then you should be having a conversation with them to actually help them. If the conversation is not to help them, then I'm just going to say, peace, be still. Because there's no reason, just be quiet. Because the thing is, they already know that the business is not quite going right. If it's, if it's that bad. But the thing is for you to actually come and talk to them about it and you, you're not like really posing a solution, then that's not, I just don't, it's a waste. I, I just don't understand that. So yeah, let's, let's try to do that. I think that would be a lot better for us. And not just that, customer service, um, your, your, your company, your own company, um, especially when you had employees. Um, when people, when I worked for Target and I also worked for, I want to say Torrid. Yeah, Torrid. Torrid was notorious for sending people around to the stores and to see what the customer service was like. I'm talking, they did it maybe two or three times a week. But I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. The wrong person working your business. I don't care if you're doing a vending event and you can't attend and you send somebody in your place and all they're doing is sitting at the, and you'll say, well, all they got to do is just sit at the table and sell some stuff. Do you know, a lot of times that's all they will do is sit at the table, but not sell no stuff because they're on their phone most of the time. Trust me, nobody's going to run your business like you run it. Nobody's going to love your business like you love it. Your business is your baby. That's that's what your business is supposed to be. So getting back to the customers, the secret shopping thing. So customer, uh, I'm making up stuff. So just going on with it. The customer servicing of your own business is, you know, doing a secret shopper, send one in and just, you know, tell them shop like a regular person. Let's just report back to me and just tell me how they did. When you hire someone, you have expectations for them. But that's a conversation that should be had as well. That should be something that you're able to talk to them about and say, hey, listen, I want you to work for me. I want you to do, I expect X, Y, Z. I expect one, two, three, and four, five, six, seven. Are you able to do this? They sign it and you sign it. You agree that you can do these seven things and these three things observant that I asked you to do. And then you give them time. And then you see the progress. And then you send a secret shopper in. And you get a report of what they got out of that experience in your, your place of business versus what you guys agreed on that they would do on that paper. Then you know you have a decision to make or you have somebody to congratulate. 
Because the thing is, people don't always get bad reports. Some people get very good reports because some people come to work and they do what they're supposed to do. Um, but the thing is, as a Black-owned business, a lot of times <clears throat> we tend to hire people and throw them into a role and not really, you know, give them specifics. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I expect you to come in here and sell some stuff. I expect you to come here and clean up. I expect you to do this. That's, you know, you have to be a little bit more detailed than that if you expect to keep these people around for long. If it's just something temporary, then, you know, maybe that's something else. But if you plan to keep people around long and you just kind of get to see how they're working, you're like, oh, well, yeah, she's self-starting. She's getting up. I didn't ask her to do that, but she... She's doing those windows. Oh, look at that. It was two empty hangers. She went and got those. So, you know, we want to congratulate people because it's not always a bad story. You know, people, black, I hear like black owners, black owned business owners, black business owners say, oh, you know how your family and friends, you know about that, right? So we're going to get into that. How your family and friends, I just, I can't never keep a family member. They don't want to do anything. They want to get paid for their work. You heard me. They want to get paid before they work. <laughs> y'all know who y'all are. Listen, if you have a family member who has a business, before you ask them, are they hiring? Ask them if they need help first. Because I'm going to tell you, being a business owner is not for the faint of heart. It's not something that comes real easy. And it can be really hard. When you work for yourself, you get up and you work harder for yourself than you ever going to work for somebody else. You can go punch a clock. Yeah, they, they got some, they already got what they want you to do. When you're when you when you're a business owner, <laughs> you are the owner, the manager, the salesperson, the marketer, the photographer, the curator, the um, loss prevention. Um, oh my goodness, what else? Uh, your accountant, your liaison, you're the customer service rep, you're everything. You're everything until you get help. So yeah, family members, please ask if they need help first and then <laughs> see if they're hiring. And the thing is, why do you think that we always have people have issues with family and friends when they hire them? Do you think it's a, um, a situation where it's like uh, a I don't want to say it, but I mean, I'm going to, you know, this is, a, this is a podcast, we're talking. So do you think that the problem is with hiring family and friends, that it's a jealousy thing that you have a business? Do you think it's a thing to wizzle because your family, they don't, they just don't respect it? Do you think it's a thing where you have a business, they think that it's not going to last, so why should I take it serious? Do you think it's a thing to wizzle? Oh, I want to see my cousin do good, but not better than me. You know, hiring family and friends is a touchy subject. And I hear people talk about it all the time. Down to people that flip houses, down to people that have stores. I don't care if it's a corner store, convenience store, a boutique store, or a hair store. It's just when you say, did you, did you hire your family and friends? Oh, no. No, I couldn't hire my family or my friends. When I opened my first business when I was around 19, that's the first thing I wanted to do was hire family and friends. You know what I mean? Um, different situations went different ways, but but I would never. I, I don't think that I would say I wouldn't ever want to hire a family or a friend again because I can't say it because I I had. If it wasn't a friend, it was a friend's daughter. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think that that's ever a bad thing. You know, um, I just think that it's, you just have to be forthright. When you're not happy with a situation, you know what I mean? State it. You know, um, cut ties early before things get worse. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's just having uncomfortable conversations that a lot of people are willing to just kind of let linger. And I don't, I don't like lingering things at all. I was, it's just, it's best to just deal with it right then and there and just cut it. Um, you know, um, the, the business sector here in Baltimore City um, is open for a lot of things right now, especially a lot of different things, a lot of different types of businesses. Um, if you have or are thinking of opening up anything dealing in the medical field, right now is the best time to do it. The exact, I'm telling you, the best time, um, especially anything dealing with um, mental health. A um, couple of conversations that I had with um, a friend of mine which his um his uncle is actually a doctor in Virginia. Um, he said that they're doing a lot of a lot of things they call mental mental housing help. So it's like it's it's not like an assistant living place, but it's a place where people can come to daily and actually talk to someone, whether you have health insurance or not. So you know what that means. That means they're actually taking a chance and helping people who do not have insurance because they see that it's a, a really big need for people that has mental problems to really sit down and, and get the help and in, in everything that they need. Um, <clears throat> I want to get some more information on that because I do know a couple of people that's looking to do different things. And, you know, I just feel like all the more, the more we know, the more we grow, right? So with... That being said, Baltimore is growing. Um, a young lady actually came into the store two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, she was coming to visit um, Nate um, from the exchange, the artist exchange. <clears throat> she works with the people on Pennsylvania Avenue. So I know everybody knows about Pennsylvania Avenue. Pennsylvania Avenue is starting to get some really long overdue big needed help down there and they want people to come in and open small businesses they they want that that's exactly what they want um i believe her name is brian um <clears throat> she's working with that committee and i'm going to get her information and have it for the next show um wish i could have had it this week i'm sorry but i'll definitely have it for you guys next week um also too old town mall now, I know a lot of you people don't don't, don't shake your head because Old Town Mall used to be on and popping. You know it. You absolutely know it. Um, <laughs> you know, they're starting to reopen stores down there. I have a friend who just turned her husband over the store down there, Wanda. Um, it's called RW, or I think it's RW, um, American Cuisine and um, Caribbean Cuisine Food. Um, we got AO Boutique down there. Um, we have event space down there that's owned, I believe his name is Daryl Page. Um, so yeah, Old Town Mall is starting to revamp and reopen. Sometimes, I, I believe they've had a couple open mics down there, like right in the middle of the mall. Um, you know, I grew up going down Lexington Market on Saturdays with my mother. And I think about the, when these had fashion shows, when Lexington Lady was down there. And, um, you know, we even had a lame riot downtown. Like, it's crazy, but... You know, the dynamics of the city and business has changed so much. 
and some for the better, and in some I think not so much. Um, losing Target up in Mondawmin Mall, that was a big hit for that community, um, and it's kind of sad. I hope open that store up. Uh, we had a, a great, great staff, and I believe our store man, just a deep Ali, I believe he was the first African American Target manager here in Maryland. Or it may have been worldwide, but I know it was definitely here in Maryland. And um, he he was he was great. You know, he was he was really good and really calculated with, with who he put in place in different um, departments and everything. Uh, I was a team lead there, so I ran the. I was one of the people that ran the soft lines department. I had men's shoes and women's. I believe so. Yeah, but um, you know, so it's like. <clears throat> The businesses that we have lost in this community and, you know, in, in this town, you know, not some of them will never come back. You know, I know some of you guys think about when you think about your best hairdressers and your weave allergists, you know, we think, um, you know, people that we know here, of course, um, and I don't have the name dropped because we already know who do some of the really nice weaves here in Baltimore. But before them, we had Mr. Ray's baby and Mr. Ray's was on Cold Spring Lane. Um, Mr. Ray's, I don't know if y'all remember the uh the commercial. Oh my god, Monty, I wish we I wish I had a copy of that old commercial because it would it would be like Mr. Ray's and he would come on and they show you the lady and she have a ball spot right here, and then she come back on and she's like this, she's posing with her new weave in her hair. Honey, let me tell you, before there was um uh this person or that person or this person. It was Mr. Ray's <laughs> um, and then Mr. Baker's. Don't forget Mr. Baker's hair salon. It was one on Belvedere. It was one at Mont Um, I know he had a couple of them because he was his, his was a franchise. I remember that short, light-skinned man just sitting in that chair. He's sitting in his little, his little um, I guess his little granddad chair. I know they call it Summer's recliner. And he would let, watch his people coming in and get their hair done. We have had a lot of great businesses here. Park Heights Barbershop recently has been revamped and reopened by a, a man named Brand, a young man named Brandon. Um, <clears throat> congratulations to him. His his opening day was actually August first, the same day as ours. Um, but he he definitely um, reopened that that barbershop has been there for years. My mother used to take me there when I was younger, and she used to go get her eyebrows arched. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Park Heights Barbershop. So. Yeah, like we we have great businesses. Oh, the old Dada's on Park Heights. <clears throat> I would love to have gotten that building. However, I did not. Um, a young lady by the name of Shamika got it. Beautiful girl. She has beautiful pieces in there. It's called Amari's Fashions, um, right on Park Heights Avenue. So you know, I'm speaking of Park Heights because that's where I'm from, and I've seen when it was thriving. I remember when. Um, in Upper Park Heights, it was a, a business on every, like in every sector. We had Cinderella's, Cinderella shoes. Then we had um, a clothing store for a printer shop, I believe it was up there. Um, we had a like a, our own cell phone store up there before Metro and Sprint and all of them even came around. Um, you know, like the Yellow Bowl food. If you wanted to get food, you definitely was going to Yellow Bowl to get your food. Um, we had, you know, Slater's Corner Store. Like it was just, it wasn't a bar. It wasn't five or six bars on, on that street. It was a lot of Black-owned businesses. And um, it is still more Black-owned businesses in those areas. Um, please don't ever look at an area and just because it has crime. It's crime everywhere. 
you want to go out and support your black owned businesses in all in all the areas. You you definitely do. Um, <clears throat> I'm starting to see now that places like Towson and White Marsh are giving more chances to small businesses to get started. I see that they have, um, I think it's like a weekend thing where you can come and set up a, a kiosk or a table and you can actually, you know, like do your business there. And I think that's pretty cool, um, especially for people who can't afford the rent. You know, five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars a month for a store, that's an awful lot. However, if they're giving you a chance to come and set up on the weekends so you can catch that weekend traffic that's coming through there for a couple hundred, I say go for it. Hell, I might even do it myself. Um, but doing that, I guess seeing the kind of traffic that come that comes there, maybe it might want you, it might prompt you to save money or, you know, get a loan and, and get a store. I think that's a good way of them to try to get that to happen. You know, let's give them the small business a chance without hurting your pocket so bad. Um, I wish some of the other malls would do that. Um, Dahman, um, even though a lot of people would say, oh, I don't want to be in Dahman anyway. Kill yourself. Let me tell you. Mardarman have issues just like other malls, but I'm going to tell you, Mardarman still has traffic. They do. Mardarman still has traffic. If they didn't, you would not see Starface is still there. That's a smart young lady. She knows exactly what she's doing. Honey Cosmetics is still there. That's what I'm saying. Two of the same businesses under the same roof under, on a different floor. Okay, um, we know that that's a tennis shoe mall, some place where you can go to get any type of tennis shoe, but it's still some, it's some fashion there, and new stores are coming. Um, it's just my Dorman is a little bit high for, higher as far as the rent, even for the kiosk. I wish they would do something like what Towson and White Marsh is doing as far as um, helping, you know, people to actually open up a business and give them like a discounted rate. But I don't know. It's all up to management. You know how that goes. Um, but yeah, Mardarman is still the number one revenue mall in Maryland, and I believe still United States for its currency, not a credit card mall. You're talking about currency. <clears throat> um, so with the strip stores, strip malls, well, like, you know, the, the places like out Westview. Westview used to be a, a whole mall and then they tore it down to a strip. So I'm hearing that a lot of people versus the malls love the strips, the strip malls. But when I think about a strip mall, I would have to say I think about Westview. Because when I go to Westview, me being a woman, I can go there. I have actually stores like Elaine Bryant, um, <clears throat> where we got Rainbow, uh, Jimmy Jazz, because I like to get, I like to wear sneakers. So it was like out there. I love it because it is a lot for me to, and then what is it, Ross out there or Roses? or something, it's either Ross or Roses, <clears throat> but it's, it's, that's, to me, that's one of my favorite strip malls. Um, strip malls, their rent is a lot cheaper than malls on the inside, depending on how much square feet. So when people are looking, I'm talking to the entrepreneurs that are looking for space and thinking about, should I go into a mall? Should I, should I get a kiosk? Should I go to a strip mall? Well, you think about it. <clears throat> When you go into a mall, you're going into you're parking and you're going into a big building. So you're walking around until you find your place, right? If you go to a strip mall, you're pulling up and you're just walking into the door that you you can go straight to where you want to go, go straight into the door, and then you want to go someplace else, you can leave out and go straight to that door, right? 
So, and then you're thinking about the kiosk. Well, a kiosk is just, it's just a, a, a small step to get you started. I used to have a kiosk in Lexington Market down there with Scott, under Scott Garfield. Hey, Mr. Garfield. He's one of the nicest people you ever want to know. He runs all the, the markets in Baltimore. Um, if you want to open up a kiosk or a card or you want to put something in there, that's who you talk to, Scott Garfield. Um, <clears throat> his office is actually down at the Lexington Market location. Um, he is excited to see people open up businesses. He works with you. Um, he doesn't bog you into an extensive lease. Um, and he's fair. So, you know, kiosks are really nice. When I had my kiosk at Lexington Market, I actually loved it. Of course, you know what I got all the time. Uh, you're going to go down there and there's so many, you know, people that's on drugs. They're not going to support you. They're not going to do this. Not gonna... Let me tell you, those people on drugs or that was always trying to get off of it or whatever, they supported me every day. I made sure I had something on my cart as little as a dollar. The highest item on my cart might have been $60. However, they came and spent money. And they and they never, they, they would just ask how much it was once they were paying for it. It's like, oh, I like this. I want this. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. So please don't, don't listen to people. They'll discourage you all day long because they're not sure about what they want to do. You know, try it. Or nothing beats a failure but a try. But if you don't try, you have failed already. So just think of it like that. If you're outside right now and you're driving, um, please be careful because the rain is coming down over here on Maryland Avenue and it's super gloomy. I know I'm not a meteorologist, but I thought I'd just let you know. Um, so we have some exciting things that are coming up. Um, we still have the cleanup, uh, the cleanup for Park Heights, which is the 21st on Saturday from 10 to four with Dana Gwynn on Facebook again. That's D-A-N-A-G-Y-W-N-N. Um, if you're interested in coming out with us or just bringing us some trash bags or some waters, um, you know, hey, inbox her, inbox myself or inbox Buck. Um, we also have um, another uh, DDL Saturday that's coming up, which is so awesome. And then we have out every Tuesdays at the Five Mile House. Definitely don't forget about that. And we have a radio comedian. He is going to be at Sully's. I'll have that information from you when we come back from our first commercial break. And tickets are on sale. If you've never seen him, his stand-up, you will love it. And it's being hosted by the businesswoman, Lakeisha White. So, yes. Be Exposed Radio, we have some great shows on this on this network. Um, we have the Artist Exchange. We have um, the Nick and Buck Show, amongst other great shows. And you can have a show on Be Exposed Radio as well. If you're interested, just give me an inbox and <laughs> give me a, We have the B-Mix show as well. <laughs> and we have Living a Rich Life show. <laughs> if you're interested on having your own show on Be Exposed, just to name a few, if you're interested in having your own show on Be Exposed Radio, you can inbox me and I can link you with my 
production manager. Um, I think that if you have a voice and you have topics and you have things that you want to share with the world, because Being Exposed Radio is streamed all over the world. So you definitely want to get on and get with us. We're the best network. You know, no friends to Hooligan Express. I like them too, but I'm on Being Exposed Radio. So yeah. <laughs> um, so with the business side of things, when you talk about business, you also want to talk about the, the upsides and the downsides, the pros and cons. I always tell people, if you're thinking about being a business owner, just write down a list, pros on one side, cons on the other. So, of course, some of the pros, one of the pros, financial freedom, right? When you're a business owner, you, 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 just, you can do whatever it is you need to do to make your money and you're financially free. You don't have to sit down and be bogged down with a, a timeline that you can only make money. You can make money 24 hours a day if that's what you want to do. On the other side, my gosh, trying to figure out a way to make money. Ugh, it, it, I just can't do it. It's just so much easier for me to just get up and just have a check every week or every two weeks and somebody tell me what to do. You know, that could be a con if you're not creative and know how to save your money. I'm going to say again, you have to save your money. You have to save your money, okay? You cannot, just because you make $1,000 on Monday, that don't mean you go out and spend $1,000 on Tuesday or Monday night. You got to save your money. You have to put some money up for your business. You need to save some money, and then you pay yourself. And then you put some up for a rainy day. So I split mine into four. Some people may do three. Some people may do twos. And of course, we know some people do ones. So you have to really figure out your plan and what works for you. Everybody is not frugal with money as everybody else is. Everybody's different. So another pro is being able to spend time, the life and family, the balance of, of family life and business life. I don't have that down pack chat, but I'm working on it. And that's because I don't have a big staff either. Um, I'm working on all of that. Um, wanting to do things with your family and then wanting to keep your business open, thinking that, oh, if I miss this Saturday, I could be missing a, a, a bunch of sales. You know, you have every right to feel that way because the thing is, opening up a business, especially changing from maybe a more home-based business to a brick and mortar is a big deal. It's a big jump jumping out on faith. Talk about jumping out on faith. It's a big deal. Home-based business, no over here. Brick and mortar, over here. You know, you don't have to have a big as, or as big of an overhead as other people do. You know, just be modest. You can go out here and find your nice building that doesn't have to cost five or $10,000 a month. You know, I promise you, it's buildings out here that cost a lot less. If you're looking for some um, business space, depending on the type of business that you want. I know a few places that you can go to and the, the prices are actually decent. Um, just inbox me if you need that information. Um, and you know, it's the Nick and Buck show, but my name on Facebook is Tamika Chapman. My middle name is Nicole. My nickname is Nikki, so that's where we get Nick from. <laughs> um, yeah, another pro is banking. Um, a lot of times with um, having a business, a lot of people, you know, like, oh, I don't put my money in the bank. I just put my, my money in the shoebox. Okay, that's cool, but shoebox is not going to get you no interest. Um, shoebox is just going to sit there and let's hope 
You don't have a crazy cousin that comes over and takes it. So yeah, uh, I you know you you can have money in an account too, along with your shoebox. I definitely get it. Everybody doesn't, you know, everybody doesn't really trust financial institute institutions, and I get it. I work for one, so I understand. I work for two, so I understand it. Um, however, you still want to do that because you want to try to you want to show something. Like, say, if you wanted to get a, a loan. And you're not going to be able to go and take the shoe box to the loan officer, uh, office and say, hey, well, this is my box. This is where I kept my money. No, they want to see paper trail. They want to see that money has been coming in and money has been going out and, you know, where it's been going. Are you spending money on it? You you know, if you if you have a business or thinking about opening one, you know, this is for the people, I guess, that maybe don't really know. You want to be able to show some type of trail. They always going to ask, well, can we see at least the last two months of your statements from your your um your banking institute. So it's like when you do that, even if the money you let it come in and you pull the money right out and put it in your shoebox, at least let it come in so they can see that it came in and then you're just making withdrawals. You know, some of those when you go to pay for some of your inventory and everything, you want to make sure that those payments are coming from the bank because that's showing them that you're doing what? Spending the money that you make or the money you have on your business. Um, another pro and con is, um, another pro and con with business, and this is one that I find that people often talk about, um, is actually customer relations, how people deal with the the customers. Um, the pros of that is, oh, everybody, I love my customers. They just, they're great. If it wasn't for my customers, there would be no business. Well, let me tell you something. That's exactly right. You wouldn't have a business if it weren't for your customers, depending on the type of business that you're in. Depending on the type of business that you're in. Um, Your communication with your customers is key. But the con of it is not every customer is going to be an ideal customer. It's okay. I've learned some of my biggest lessons from the customers that got on my nerves the worst. And it's all it, it is okay because one thing about it, that customer that may get on your nerves, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they can't get on nobody's nerves in their household. Maybe they can't get on nobody's nerves at their job. But if they come to you and you let them vent a little bit and kind of get off a little teeny bit, and you just give them the little wine and let them relax, they'll be a customer for life. And that's how it is with my earthiest customers. Hey, Tawanda Adams, I love you. <laughs> I got 10 more like her, but she is my favorite. Yeah, you have to be able to kind of acquiesce to your customers. A lot of business owners, I ain't doing all that. So some of y'all think got some of y'all heads too big already, and you're not even international yet. You haven't even tapped the market here in Baltimore. And it's like, oh, I'm not dealing with that. I'm just not gonna deal with that. I'm not, I don't have to. Yeah, you you do have to because that's what you signed up for. You're a business owner. Everybody is not gonna be an ideal customer. Everybody is not gonna be you know, the perfect customer and everybody is don't have thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, that's not to say to bend your prices or, or make stuff too low. You know, that's, that's just all, it's a generalization. You know, everybody is not going to be the customer, the ideal customer for you. However, find something good in that non-ideal customer to help you. 
And that's what I did. When my customers come in and they, some of them, you know, just are having a bad day and they may want to vent and they may turn into a, a critique about something that has nothing really to do with me, but they just want to talk about it. I let them because in that venting, it's going to come, it can come, something that can come out of that is a way for me to make things better for my business. Now I understand a lot of times when you're talking to people about their business, you can't do it. They don't want to hear it. They, you can't tell me nothing about this because I'm doing it. This is what I've been doing. Um, I got this covered. You know, okay, all right, you got it covered. Okay, all right. Yeah, so don't, you know. Later on, <laughs> when they find that they don't have it covered, that they don't have everything in order, trust me, they will come back to you and they will say, hey, Sorry, not. I was having a bad day that day. Um, what were you gonna say about my business? How can I make it better? And <laughs> and if you want to do it, you're not obligated to. But you know, we just had to keep in mind that we're all human and that we all fall short. You know what I mean? Of sim- simple empathy at times. You know what I mean? We can't sim- we can't be sympathetic to with people because sympathy don't help. But being empathetic, it's like, hey, I understand. What can we do to fix this? Um, fellow boutique owners, some of my friends um, that have boutiques and sell clothes. And you see Sydney Bradley, um, uh, Faith for, um, for Fancy, um, um, Fancy Apparel, and uh, let me see, Fluff. We got Fluffy Diva. We have um, Margaret Bob for Ragged Out Fashions. Um, we got Smeka Park. She sells, she's a notorious paparazzi seller. And when I say notorious, I'm saying this for a reason. I know a lot of people that sell and sold paparazzi. I very seldom come across people that sell, actually sells paparazzi. Now, I know I just said the same thing, but the thing is, if you understand what I'm saying, you understand why I said it like that. She is at any pop-up, and if, if somebody say, I already got a paparazzi person here, and I'll say, well, who is it? They'll say, Tamika Parks. Okay, I got you. She she's, she sells, and she loves it. She she, she sells, and she loves what she, what she did. Ooh. And she loves what she does. And you can tell it because of how she sells it. Um, uh, who else um, do I have? Oh, my goodness. There's so many to name. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, uh, my auntie, uh, Shawnee's Kearney, she actually does Airbnbs. Um, I just found this out and she actually does movies, um, movies. She's a writer and an editor and it's, it's amazing. So a lot of these things you wouldn't even know is right here in Baltimore. Um, you know, um, fashion curators, um, we have, uh, uh, Valley Smalls so for Vintage Series. Um, I think it's some of the flyest clothes that I've ever seen. Um, here we have Travis for the watch clothing, which is totally awesome. Um, my goodness, what else? We have um, Frank Robinson for Save Your Wear. Um, he should be coming out with a fall line soon. Um, yeah, trying to get some people out of retirement. <laughs> uh, let me see, Brandon B for German Skole. We're trying. We are really trying. Um, and then a lot of times, have you ever had an idea as an entrepreneur and when somebody's like, do it, do it. And then you see like a year later, somebody else came out with that same idea. I had a friend that always said, why not? Why not? 
And then he went, and, and I hated that he said it so much. And I would be like, stop saying it. And when I say, he would say, why not? It's because I would say to him, um, let's go, let's all go bowling. He'd be like, why not? That was just his thing, right? He was saying this, I promise you, like five years ago, five, six years ago, he was saying this. And I kept telling him, Dougie, open up and make it a clothing line, do something, make it a slogan. And then when I seen the clothing line, why? And then I seen on their shirts, why not? You, it's like you can't get mad. We don't. I don't. I don't know these people personally. I think I the per, the guy's mother is from a park or something. But we didn't. We wasn't hanging around them, so we we don't know. But I just looked at him and I just told him. I said, "Look at this shirt. You see this?" And I'm like you waited. So it was like a lot of times when you're sitting on an idea, you know, maybe not talk about it to people, but write it down and try to work it. Even if you just try it and just see how it, it happens. We know a lot of things that's going on out here is trending because, you know, this is the microwave stage. Everybody here, everybody must stuff real quick. You know what I mean? So it's like everything might not be timeless, but it can be a part of time, right? Let me say it again. It might not be timeless. It might not be here 20 years from now. But the thing is, if you get it out there, it becomes a part of our history, right? So keep that in mind. We always want to try to be innovative, as innovative as we possibly can be. And we always want to try to do whatever we can, you know, do to make things, you know, happen for ourselves. Um, everybody's not born, born with a dowry or a... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, like we're not heirs to millionaires, you know. Um, a lot of us didn't apply for the PP loan, PPP loan. Mm. Um, a lot of us we don't have employees, so we're not supposed to get it. However, <laughs> you know, we work hard to get what we 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 did. And I'm, I'm gonna say this: if you did get that PPP loan. Right, and you got it under the right pretenses. I really hope that you put that money towards your business, and I hope you took some of it and paid it forward to a friend who wants to open a business. I really did, honestly. I mean, I know can't nobody tell you what to do. A lot of a lot of y'all, the money probably gone, long gone. But the thing is, if you did, if you were blessed to get that money, I really hope that you paid it forward to something, your community. You know what I mean? To people that helped you with your business, you know, to something, honestly, because you know, you wouldn't have y'all wasn't supposed to get it anyway. Okay. So moving right along, um, club life in Baltimore, like not club, like, like bar life. A lot of people that I talk to have the interest to want to open up a bar, um, or a club. And I understand why, especially if you like the party. Hell, I'm going to open up a club or a bar. I like the party. That'll be great. I'm going to work and I'm partying. Like, you can't you can't miss with that. But I want you guys to really understand what you're getting in bed with. Opening up a bar in Baltimore City is one of the toughest things that you could possibly, possibly do. From what I've seen, it is one of the toughest things that you can possibly do. I don't care if it's a revamp of a bar, a brand new bar bar, a bar 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 that's owned by people that own bars for years, whatever it is, it's 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 difficult in this group. Um, I've worked with a close friend of the family um, uh, about five years ago, four, let me say four years ago, when they reopened um, a family bar. 
And when I tell you the things that this person went through to keep this bar open, the average person would have gave up and just said, you know what, I can't do this. I, I can't, I'm out, I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, and I would understand why, because here are the taxes, Maryland taxes on things are so, they, Maryland just tax us anyway, just as a regular working citizen. But if you're a working citizen with a business, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'll be learning about all of that stuff like really, really soon. But, you know, with the bar business, the fines and the taxes, that's enough to knock you out the box. If you don't have money coming in or if you're not a good saver or if you really don't know how to work your business, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. But, on another aspect of it, if you know what you're doing and you're doing things the way you're supposed to, you get an accountant. If you don't know how to do your own books and you go over things quarterly, you know, every month, I would say every month and then quarterly because you have to pay your liquor taxes. Um, you know, get someone who's a professional or somebody who's been in the business for years, somebody that's retired at home, um, like, the, I don't know, I think the Palmers, like Mr. Palmer, if he's still around, you know, like the, their grandchildren, because they worked with him in, in, in that bar for a while. So it's like, you know, just get somebody that's been around, you know, hey, man, you know, I pay you, it's $100 a month, you can just sit down with me and, you know what I mean, or I buy you a steak dinner, you know, I'm talking about what's going on. And the thing is, especially the minority-owned businesses, I don't think they were mine. I really don't. You know, it's like a lot of times we say, oh, I don't want to ask them nothing because they don't, they don't know that they, their stuff ain't. You don't know what's together. You don't know what people got together. You don't know what people got going on. Just because you see something, everybody ain't social media hogs and whores. They don't put all that stuff, their life on the media, like on social media like that. And as they should. So it's like, you want to definitely get with somebody that can help you. So we're going to commercial. When we come back, we're going to be talking more business on the Nick and Buck show. can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. But like once we address, once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The, the, the main idea is to know the safety of the program. And Do Black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young Black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substitute anger management. Um, so here at the inner city trade school, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create an environment for our people to thrive.
know it ain't nowhere to board a train, you damn stupid nigga. Well, he might could have said nincompoop. We ain't no nincompoop. Open it. I'm gonna play for you our first tune. It's called Let's Start What We Have Come Into the Room to Do. Right on. Here goes. to make a grand entrance. I know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Nick and Buck Show here on BeExposedRadio.com. Um, you guys just seen the commercial I was on, and it's so true. Um, if you want to advertise, because social media is not the, you know, you can also do other things. Sometimes you're going to have to pay for a little bit of advertisement. You might pay a little, you might pay a lot, but you got to pay. It's for your business. So you definitely want to get your ad on BeExposedRadio.com. Um, uh, they run the airs. They, they run your commercials for 30 days can, um, on everybody's show, 24 hours a day, and it's on the website. So definitely, um, I remember when I was on Be Exposed with It Is, what it is radio with Ty, the great Tyree Miles. Um, 
I had an ad for the Style Lounge and it was a um, voice ad. And it, it was so, oh, the lady, Alma, she did it and she had a show. But she had one of those sultry voices. Um, unlike mine, which is a little nasal. <laughs> she did my ad and everybody just talked about, oh, she sounds so sexy. I want to just shout with you because I had a commercial sound. So I'm telling you, people definitely listen to commercials as well. Um, so getting back to the, the bar business that we were talking about. Um, bar businesses are very lucrative. A lot of money comes, you can make a lot of money from it, but you got to put out a, a lot of money in it as well. Um, if you want to own a bar, maybe start by leasing one. Um, leasing a bar will definitely help you do two, two things. Number one, the money, all the money that you're making, you can save a lot more money um, because you're leasing a bar. Leasing it is going to be a lot less expensive than it is to buy one. Um, and you can save that money to actually buy the, the bar. Uh, you're learning. That's the thing about it. In a, a bar business, is constantly things to learn. Um, if you want to add food to your bar, if you want to do that, you know, that's a whole nother type of, you know, licenses and um, certain safe serves and, you know, certificates and things like that. Um, and the different types of the, the kind of like bar you want to have, are you going to be a bottle bar? Are you going to be like a shot glass bar, mixed drinks? You know, so there's just so many things to, you know, definitely think about. But if you are interested in opening up a bar business or learning the bar business, please inbox me. I can link you with people that can definitely help you do that. Um, the reason I'm putting out all of these things is because I know that for me, I'm an Aries. So I'm one of those type of people where I, I think I know a lot and then I know I know a lot and there's some things I know I know nothing about. So I'll watch a video or I'll watch Rashia Burrell on Facebook when she's talking about marketing. You know what I mean? Um, I'll watch like a Tony, um, Tony Roberts uh, a video on um, YouTube when he's talking about this strategic marketing. Um, so, you know, it's one of those type of things where it's like when you're trying to do something and even if you're not trying to open up a business, you should just be willing to learn things, new things every day, no matter how old you are, no matter what time of the day it is, no matter how late in the year it is. Don't think that you have to start things in January on Mondays and at 8 a.m. You know what I mean? You can start things on in, in March. You can start things at 12 noon. You know, you can start things, you know, on a on a, a Thursday or a Friday. Just start today. If that's what you want to do, just start today. Surround yourself with people. Think about the circle that you have, right? Um, everybody talks about circles. So let's talk about the circle that you have. And I know you probably heard this before, but if you haven't, I'm going to say it again. I guess they tell you, look at everybody in your circle and think about the most successful person in your circle. I'm just giving you all a second to think about it. So if you are the most successful person in your circle, then you're doing something wrong, right? Because if you're successful, then why isn't your other friends? Why aren't they successful? Now, they might be successful in other things like relationship. They might have a good relationship. All right, that's cool. They might have a great marriage. All right, that's that's what's up. But how are the, fin- how are the finances? How are they living? You know, how how's their mindset when they come around? Are they happy? You know, so it's like uh, whatever the case may be, success is a lot of things. It's, it's you know, looked at as a lot of things. To me, success is 
looking at the people around me and how can I influence them or what can I do to make them just as, if not more, successful than I am. To me, that's that's success. That's one of the aspects of it. Um, A lot of times you're going to be around people that they're jealous. It's sad to say, but they are. They're going to be... It's a hurting, it's a hurting situation, but you know, with life, they might not be jealous of you. They may jealous be jealous of the way that people treat you. They might be jealous of the support that you get. I mean, I know that to be a fact. I'm not talking about myself. Um, they may be jealous of, you know, you're successful. What you're doing is is working. Um but the thing is, people have to really look at the backstory of it, right? They look at the fact that you're successful, but they have have they looked at the fact that you have worked for your on your business for like 20 plus years? It's a long time. Have they took into consideration the fact that you've done all of it by yourself? It's a lot to look at, like, no help, no mm-hmm. donor weekends, no checks. Huh. You've done it, you're doing it by yourself. You know, and, and the thing is, is, it's easy to to say, well, this person, the only reason they got, they successful because they got so-and-so, because they got this, they got that. Well, no, that's not really true, because the thing is, even if a successful person is getting help from someone, you don't know the person that's helping what they had to go through. So it's like, I said all that to say this, stop worrying about the how and why's of somebody else and worry about the how's and why's and when's and what's of yourself. You are wasting time worrying about what somebody else did or you know, what? how they got to it. You know what? This is the honest thing to say. I know it's hard for a lot of you to do, but let's just try it because it may change your life. Hey, can I sit down and talk to you? Oh, about what? I just want to know, like, I want to I wanna do something with my life. Can, can we really sit down and have an honest conversation? And you maybe can help me get to what it is that's good for me. Because the thing is, a lot of times we want to open up businesses. Some people do, right? But they, they know they're good at a lot of things. They know they cook real good. They know that everybody like, girl, these greens are good. Okay, I can cook. Oh, my goodness, girl, you can dress. Oh, my God, they're so cute. Okay, they're fashionable. But the thing is, just because you're those things, does that mean that you're supposed to open up a restaurant or, or, or open up a store, a clothing store? Because the thing is, you could be good at those things and be bad with, with money. <laughs> you might not know what to pick out for everybody else. Let me tell you. Prime example, when I first started my boutique, I used to buy all the stuff that I like. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I learned real soon. That's not what you're supposed to do. When I worked for a company called Fashion and Figure, because we were so hands-on, hands-on with this company, you know, we uh had somewhat uh input in what they chose for the customers. We seen how the whole operational thing went with them bringing in clothes, um, how we do the inventory, how we tag it. We even seen the markup on some of the stuff. So it was like, oh, we paid 16 cents for these earrings? Wow. You know what I mean? So it was like, we learned, and the owners knew, they knew what they were doing. They they knew. 
you know, they were two brothers from New York and their great grandmother was Lane Bryant and they were the grandsons and they didn't want to do a Lane Bryant store. They want to do something more fashionable, more, you know, like curvy, sexy, you know what I mean? And I have the owner's number to this day and I still call him and talk to him because it's just that store taught me what I needed. And I was never afraid to call him an ex. Yeah, he lived all, he lived in New York and I would be home Sometimes after work, seven o'clock, if I got off early, hey, Nick, those pants that came in today, do you think that was a good fit for us? Because a couple of ladies tried them on and it didn't really look too good on a plus size woman. Oh, it didn't? Tomorrow when you get to work, take a picture of somebody with them on and let's see, let's revamp it. They cared about what, what it was that we were on the front lines. We were the people that took care of the store. If it wasn't for us, I'm going to tell you, a business doesn't work if the head ain't right. If the head is messed up, how the rest like, hey, this is the head. I got a big one too. So this is the head. So if the head ain't right, right, then the rest of the body is going to kind of like just fall by the wayside. So with that being said, him listening to our feedback to get better clothing and better sizes in the store meant everything. So I said all that to say this. When you're running a business, we think we can do it by ourselves. We can't. We do need a team. We do. We need a team. But on the other end of it, don't hold on to them if they're bringing you down. A little bit of negativity can turn out to be a lot of negativity. One day of negativity, a spread to four days of negativity. I don't like this person. They're not doing that. We don't care. We're not here to like nobody. We're here to get some work done. But a lot of th- times people take things personally. And the, the, the people that take it personal the most are the ones that tell you, don't take it so personal. <laughs> okay so yes with business your circle look at your circle what's going on here i'm the only one that's really doing something okay maybe i need another circle or maybe i can kind of talk to these people in the circle hey didn't you want to do such and such well come on open up this open up this chicken shake i, I know what we got we can get some cheap chicken from holly poultry how much money you got well i got 50 dollars i got 50 dollars let's take the hundred go get the chicken listen one day, me and my boyfriend did something funny, right? He was outside washing cars. He did mobile detail and everything. And he was saying that people always come up and say they're hungry. So my girlfriend had um, gifted him a, a deep fryer, like a air, like a fryer thing you put it, you know, you shake the fries, you know, one of those things. And I said, well, we got to do something better. You got it. So we went to Harvest Fair. <laughs> we bought a case of thighs. The case of thighs, I think, was like nine. $24, like a hundred thighs, right? So we said, I was like, what are we going to do with them? So we got some bags of fries. So we said, we're going to sell thighs and fries for five. <laughs> and guess what? They sold out in one day, a hundred thighs. So I said, I'll let you say this. Opening up a business and being serious about it is just was was only thing saying that between you and that is just opportunity and space. You can try anything once and whatever you feel like works, stick with it. Do it. Do it. It's nothing holding you back. If you can sit on the phone and scroll through a thousand people's profiles and then go through your search box and type in somebody's name that you don't even follow. 
and look on their page and be nosy for about 20 minutes, then surely you got time to do something, open up a business. Surely you have time for that. Not making you make choices, just trying to get you to think about something different, especially if everything else ain't working for you. Especially if everything else you've been trying to do has not been working for you, then you got to try something different. Now let's talk about the dark side of it. Everybody's not made to be an entrepreneur. And I know some people don't want to hear it, but I don't care. Can't hold your damn hand all the time. Some of you need to hear it. Everybody is not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Some of y'all need to work for people. Because when things don't go right, you run scared. And you know what that's like? You know what I envision that to be? I think about me and one of my homegirls being at a party. And she get in a fight. And I run. I run. I don't help her. I turn back. I see her in distress. Pimp down. And I'm out. Girl, I ain't fighting. I'm out of here. That's what you would be doing to your business. So don't even spend the money to get started. Don't even spend the money on the, the marketing and, 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 and flyers and cards. Because a lot of us do that a little bit, you know what I'm saying, too early. You got to do the work. You have to do the work. You have to do the work for your business to work. And the thing is, if you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur, that's fine too. Because you may go to a company and make more money than some of these same entrepreneurs out here. See, that's the side of it. That's, that's not bad either. Some people that's entrepreneurs might not never see a million dollars. But to see over a million dollars is the goal. To be a billionaire, that's the goal. I'm sure that's what Jeff, you know, goal was. You know what I mean? And damn if it ain't happened. However, I'm sure that before he got to that point, it was a lot of things that, you know, I'm sure it was a lot of things that stopped him. It was a lot of things that that, that made him think. I know he had to say before, I can't do this. This is too much. I'll say it. All the time. This is too much. I can't. I just, I can't. It's, this one, I think I got the formula right. This one, I think I got enough saved. Something comes out, takes that money, and the formula changes. So you know what you got to do? You got to be fast on your feet. You got to be patient. You got to be consistent. You have to be nice to yourself. You have to be good to your customers. You have to always be innovative. You have to always be creative. You have to always save your money. You have to always want more for your business. Don't ever look at it and say, well, you know what? This is good. This is it. No, it's not. No, it's not. You need to do more. You always need to do more. You always need to do more. You always need more inventory. You always need better bags. You always need a better receipt. You need better policies. You know, it's not just the outside surface stuff. It's the inside stuff that needs to be revamped and always re revisited as well because things change, times change, trends change, laws change, and people change. People will come to your place and trip over a piece of wood and steal the hell out of you. Could wipe out your whole business if you're not straight. Some people will come in and buy a shirt and say, this is a piece of material. It, it, it gave me a rash. It's to you. Hmm, I didn't know you were allergic to polyurethane. 
And that's what that's what the beading is on the shirts. I'm just speaking of, you know, speaking out stuff. I don't know if they use polyurethane, but that name just came to mind. Um, <laughs> but you just you just don't know. You had to be prepared. And the thing is, it's like, don't think that you know everything. It's okay to talk to other people that, that's been around and doing this more than you. It is okay to do that. So what I did say I was going to do was break for a second. And I was going to plug some people in so I can get them to do some ads. So yeah, I'm just plugging them for myself. So I do want to bring up Majestic Behavior. This husband and wife duo, they are awesome. I buy my body butters from them. Um, and I sell them here at the Style Lounge. They have the best, best fragrances ever. And Miss Sharon Ellaby, she works for Executive Realty and she is awesome. Um, it has been a great night with you guys. Monday night, whew, I got through it by myself. I didn't think I would do it. But thanks for tuning in. The Nick and Buck Show, Buck, we missed you, but I know he'll be here next Monday. You guys, thanks for tuning in with the Nick and Buck Show on BeExposedRadio.com. Thank you.